Welcome to episode 33 of the Lovecraft Tapes, an actual play Call of Cthulhu 7th edition RPG podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. Your investigators of the unknown are Matt as Dan Williams. You know, when they said everything is bigger in Texas, I didn't think they meant that. Gabe as Roy Arroyo. Now that I'm here, everything is really bigger in Texas. And Brian as Jack Whiteside. I told you I'd take long showers not to come in. Long showers, huh? Is that why everything's bigger in Texas? Zip. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, what are we eating and drinking? I'm drinking sweet tea, and I'm eating air. I'm drinking sweat tea. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> sounds lovely. Matthew, drinking anything, buddy? I'm drinking water. Oh, Ooh. gross. Well, I decided not to do any of those things, and instead I'm drinking a delicious boomstick brew, the Unnameable. <gasps> What's its name? It's Unnameable. But doesn't giving it the name, then Unnameable, kind of defeat the purpose in the first place? Uh, this is a uh, apricot breda ale, which is quite delicious. Mm. Very refreshing, especially for uh, summertime. All right. Well, we, before we begin, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now... A word from our sponsor. Tired of the same old vacation to that dreary family cabin in the woods? Economic trickle-down got you contemplating yet another staycation. Can't bear the thought of one more holiday suffering through Aunt Irma's overcooked goose? Have I got a deal for you. I'm Gremory Biffrens, president of Cthulhu Unlimited Leisure Travel and we're offering unprecedented financing options for far-flung destinations. Our generosity means you can take a fabulous trip today and pay for it later. Just think, this could be the year you tour the Capuchin catacombs in Sicily, expand your horizons at Cambodia's famous Genocide Museum, get lost in all 160 rooms of the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, go spelunking in Philippines' Cabayan Mummy Caves, Try your hand at topiary trimming at the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. Or learn a new yoga pose at Amsterdam's popular Museum of Torture. For those of you with more exotic tastes, we are planning a very special, very exclusive tour through the nine circles of hell this New Year's Eve. Consider this the ultimate progressive dinner party, including a welcome reception on each plane with a grand finale soiree in the ninth and final circle. Splurge and treat yourself with an upgrade for a special ride on Geron's back during the soiree. Cthulhu Unlimited Leisure Travel. Book now, pay later. And we're back. Whew, that was a tough one. Those Texas ad agencies, man. Yeah, once we moved to Texas, then uh, we had to, uh, you know, start uh, waving some different flags around mm-hmm. and putting up statues of uh, people who have uh, tra- trampled on rights. So not wrongs? I walked outside yesterday, said hi to some dude, and he gave me a gun, and I was all like, what? Welcome to Texas, partner. Here's a gun. <laughs> That'd be great. This is nice. Do you guys happen to remember that thing called the Alamo? No, not really. Then ring a bell. It's where all the alumni meet up. I wanted to touch upon letters from beyond before we begin. And uh, we got a couple things this week. Uh, Daryl Carlson on Facebook says, Prior to episode 26 during Cthulhu Rules, you spoke about using magic and how it will affect hit points if magic points are exceeded. Magic should seriously affect the character's sanity as well. So I went back and looked, and in the Keeper's Rulebook, it is uh, contradictory. Originally, I thought that simply learning the spell was a sanity hit, but it also says that sanity loss will occur during each casting of the spell. 
like one paragraph will say, yes, it costs this to learn it and it costs this to cast it. But then it also says there will be no more sanity loss simply by, I think, casting it. So it, it's a little contradictory and we'll kind of have to cross that bridge when we come to it. Nobody here actually knows any spells, I don't think, aside from Sam and she's not here. So Exactly. Samantha was the only one at, at this point. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys will run across anything in this particular adventure, this scenario. But if we do run into it, uh, hopefully by then I will have clarified that. I'll probably go to Chaosium and Reddit boards and, and just sort of ask a couple other people and see what they say. Uh, what they think should happen so on one hand it sort of does make sense but on another hand it's like whoa that's pretty uh drastic what about the third hand that happens after casting the spell then you get that third hand <laughs> what about the and third, third eye? eye opens yep that opens right up and you don't uh, want to be third eye blind pineal gland comes out and squirts yeah. around and then you eat some brains yes uh, i also wanted to shout out to daniel stewart on twitter uh his handle is at tabletop tapes uh, for chatting with us about episode four, where we get extra silly by pulling out a Nokia phone in 1950. So if you're into RPG podcasts, uh, give at Tabletop Tapes a listen, and uh, we'll do the same. Thank you. And now we continue chapter five, Hell House. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Special Agent Roy Arroyo with the FBI is summoned to Assistant Director Sharon Skinner's office, where he is reassigned to the apparent suicide of a young woman named Kelly Landrum in Leland, Texas. Skinner believes there may be some connection to the contented cow murders after receiving photographs of the young woman's body in the morgue with a pentagram carved on her thigh. Roy is also assigned a new partner in this investigation, a young agent by the name of Jack Whiteside from the Louisiana office. They are tasked with flying out that Friday afternoon before the funeral takes place on Monday. Meanwhile, Samantha and Dan struggle unsuccessfully to communicate at Blaine Manor. She is preoccupied with her research to the point of barely acknowledging his presence. Dan's new detective agency has been contracted to consult with the FBI on the Leland suicide, and he surprises Roy by showing up on the private jet before takeoff. Later that evening, the trio lands to meet Officer Aaron Martinez, Callie Landrum's old high school sweetheart. He gives them information about the way she slit her throat at the haunted house, leaving an ominous message written on the wall as her only suicide note. And now we continue episode 33. Officer Martinez takes back his smartphone and prepares to email each of you the photos he took of the documents hidden in Chief Weaver's desk. Now this is between us, okay? If the chief got wind I'd gone snooping in his desk, I'd be done for at the station, and the townsfolk had run me out on a rail. My parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, they all live here. They'd be shamed. Promise me you'll keep it a secret? You don't need to worry about it. These lips are sealed. Well, I appreciate that. And he puts his smartphone back in his pocket, and soon you guys all have copies of the message that Kelly Landrum had scrawled upon the haunted house wall along with photos of the pentagram that had been carved on her inner thigh. That's too many points to carve, man. Yeah, really, what's the point of a pentagram anyways? I think I've seen that pentagram before. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. They all look alike, guys. No, no, specifically, I've seen someone dead with a pentagram carved onto their inner thigh, just like that. Uh, uh, back up at the contented cow. God, who was it? Um... Oh, God, I'm trying to pull it a name here. Start up with a W. Wildflower, I think, is what I'm going for. There was there was one couple, 
and only one couple that made it out of that place besides us alive. And it was uh, a couple, a young couple with the last name of Wildflower, I believe. It's hmm. a dumb name. Except for the fact that it turns out that they weren't the wildflowers, that they had murdered the actual wildflowers and assumed their name to come up to the contented cow. Interesting. So we could be looking at some serial killers traveling around here. Serial killers? Yeah, they really hate Captain Crunch. Oh my god, that's just terrible. Uh, he's been promoted now, it is Major Crunch. That is true. That is true. You work hard, you put in your time, you're gonna get promoted. Disclaimer, I know nothing about military ranks, so if Major is below Captain, I apologize. Well, I don't know all about that serial killer stuff. All I know is, I, I hope you can find what happened to Kelly, because, you know, this, this just ain't right. There's something wrong with all this. I know she was... In some pain, and she had some problems, sure, but she never went in for all that God and devil stuff before she joined the Leland Free Evangelical Church. They must have put those thoughts in her head. You know what uh, what what denomination the the church is? I don't know. There's some offshoot. There's all kinds sprouting up around okay. here. You know, Texas is just full of them. Wait, are they the kinds that believe in God? Yeah, that's the weird thing. I don't get it. I'm just a nice Christian boy, you know, I just, that's part of the reason why Kelly and I never really got along. Where's Kelly being kept right now? Is she, is she, uh, is she at the yeah, morgue? Yeah, she's down at the morgue. You know, it's getting kind of late right mm-hmm. now, and I'm sure you guys want to go check in your room. There's a diner just over yonder if you need some grub, and a gas station convenience store just a quarter mile up that way. Tomorrow's my day off, so I'll swing back around in the morning and take you over to the morgue if you need a closer look at the body. I'd appreciate uh, your that. Bo- your boss said you might. Yes. There's no time for that. When a hot girl dies, we need to work on it as fast as possible. I, I get that, but, uh, you know, the doc took off, so, uh, you know, he'll be back around in the morning. Uh, we set up the appointment so you guys could have a good, look, good look-see. Where is this church? Where, where is it located? Well, let, let, let me uh, give you a map here. I, I, I prepared a map. Oh, how nice of you. Map! What I'm going to do now is just uh, move your marker over to this map that I made. <laughs> We don't have to say backpack three times and then ask for the map. <laughs> that should help you out. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Now that I've looked at the map. Ah, I see you haven't upgraded your uh, government surveillance satellites to color cameras yet. I had to print it out and I just used my fancy magic markers to make some notes there for you. I hope you can read that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just a run through the woods and across a few roads away from the church. Yeah, yeah, you sure are, and that's... uh. You know, that's where you'll find the pastor. Do they have any kind of regular schedule in terms of when they hold services? Is, do they have, like, a, a website or something where we can see that? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, just Google it. Uh, I'm not sure if they got much of a website, though. I don't I don't remember, but uh, I do remember seeing them on Google Maps. And, uh, you know, you they'll be around. Uh, I know they do some stuff on Saturday, but, uh, you know, there's regular services set, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night. They are a church. I'll have to make a note to Google them when I get back to the hotel. Yeah, I know uh, I know the Reverend uh, hangs out there most of the time, so if you ever need to talk to him, you just you go on over. Well, let's go drop our stuff off, and maybe we can run over before dinner. What do you think, Roy? I think um, I'll go now, and you nerds can go back to the hotel. All right. I hope your stuff's waiting for you when you get back, because you're putting it on the curb and going right now, correct? I assume that you idiots can take it and feed my parakeets. <laughs> No, you, you know, I'll give you the map here, and uh, I don't know if you can see that, but, uh, you know, everything's pretty much within walking distance, but if you guys need a car, I can have a loaner dropped off in the morning. That'd be great. I appreciate that. 
yeah, that's no problem. Uh, I got a buddy, and uh, we'll 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 get you something. Uh, he owns the uh, junkyard outside of town, and uh, we'll get we'll get you something. It ain't gonna be fancy, I'll tell you that much. But and uh, you know, feel free to step on down to the diner. They they got some uh, pretty good burgers down there, and uh, chili's the best. It's Texas. Nothing like a good bowl of chili, am I right? I could go for some chili right now. Well, speaking of which, I gotta I gotta head on home. So uh, you guys have a good night, and uh, I'll see you bright and early in the morning. Thank you, Officer Martinez. Thank you very much, Officer. All right, there. Bye. <laughs> wow, top notch foley we got here on the Lovecraft tapes. You guys have the rest of the evening to do what you like. Danny, you hungry? Hell yeah, I I'm up for dropping our stuff over at the screen door and and then going for some grub down at the diner if you are. Alrighty, Roy, are you gonna come with us or are you seriously about heading over there right now? Well, you guys, I ate an armadillo on the way here. Where the hell did you get an armadillo to eat, Roy? It's Texas. Forty percent of the population is armadillos, probably. But uh, ironically, he only ate the legs. Did they taste like chicken? They tasted more like pork that ate a chicken. Mm. All right, well, I'm going to go drop my bag off and we'll meet out here in 15 minutes. Sure. Sounds good to me. All right. All right, so the rooms at the Screen Door Inn are pretty, uh, you know, sparse. They're nothing fancy. But they do have pretty good showers, some good water pressure. Beds don't seem all that comfortable, but they do have TV and uh, just basic Do they cable. get HBO? No HBO, unfortunately. No Sorry. goddamn magic fingers. I was going to watch Game of Thrones. Did they get the Playboy station? No, but they do have uh, Cinemax. Uh, Skinemax? <laughs> None of them sponsor us. Stop talking about them. <laughs> Hashtag please sponsor us, Cinemax. They do have a mini bar as well, and uh, inside the mini bar you find some Lone Star beers and some uh, good whiskey and a Snickers bar. A $48 Snickers bar. You're not you when you're hungry. What is this, the American healthcare system? And there is a flyer for uh, pizza delivery if you need that, and also Chinese. Jeez, this town's got it all. And you nerds wanted to walk to a diner? I still do. Yeah, man. All right, I'm going to put my stuff down and freshen up a little bit and then step outside the my room and, and wait for Danny to come out and Roy. As you stand outside, Jack, uh, you notice how quiet it is. Children playing off in the distance. few cars go by, but traffic's pretty much non-existent. Keep it down, you sons of bitches. Judging from the parking lot, appears that uh, there's maybe just a couple other people. This place probably has around 14, 15 rooms. It's kind of like the old-fashioned motel, sort of like the Bates Motel, uh, where it's all just single story, and there's one little office on the on the very front corner. I'm going to uh, do a bit of unpacking and then uh, head outside to see where everyone else is. I'm going to take a nap. Well, you are a little older. Hey, Danny, how you doing? Doing good. Settle in okay? Yeah. Rooms are about what I'd expect for a small town, but they're not bad. You're going to get what you get when the government's paying. I mean, it's, no, they don't have HBO, so I can't watch Game of Thrones, which is kind of disappointing. But yeah. Did Roy say he was coming? I have no idea what Roy is doing. All right, let's go knock real quick and see if he wants to go with us. Otherwise, we'll just head over. I have a hunch he's taking a nap. I mean, A, it is Roy. Oh, my God. Are you psychic? <laughs> B, he, he's old. He he did a have a lot of napping when I was working with him too. So I'm not that old. Holy crap! Where'd that come from? Oh, hold on. Roy just posted a Facebook update. I'm not that old. Huh? That's an oddly specific Facebook update. Oh, you'll get used to that. It happens a lot. All right. Well, you want to head over? Might as well. All right. Let's go get some grub. All right. As you guys head over towards the diner, uh, you do hear the soft snoring in the background coming from Roy's room. <laughs> He said soft. 
Yeah, that's soft for you. That's a little too quiet for me. Windows rattling. It is mid to late October in Texas. So it's it's actually pretty pleasant out uh, this time of evening. It's around, uh, let's say, low 70s. Light wind, no big deal. Nice clear sky at this point. And the diner is basically a couple blocks to the east. And you can see it's pretty popular. It's kind of thriving. And there's plenty of cars coming in and out of there. But uh, it looks like there's maybe a couple seats at the uh, counter. Well, you want belly up? Looks like this is the place to be. Sounds good. I'm going to belly up to the bar. Well, the counter, of course. It's, I'm sure it's a diner. And, of course, the classic uh, diner waitress comes up to you. How you doing, honeys? What can I get you? I'm good, sugar. Could you get me a cup of coffee? Why, show sure enough. You know what? A cup of coffee sounds great right about now please and two coffees you. coming right up and uh, just to let you know uh, pot roast is uh, special tonight we also have uh, brisket chili on the back there and that right Ooh, ben you sure know it and she comes back and like within 30 seconds has your cup, hot cups of coffee you need some cream of sugar it's right over here no you're all the sugar i need oh oh you must be new in town you don't know me well enough <laughs> hey i'm gonna have some of that chili Absolutely. And for you, hon? Uh, you know what? I'm going to take up that offer on that pot roast because that sounds mighty fine as well. You bet. I got two specials coming right up for you. So, Danny, hmm. how did you get into the investigation business? Well, it started with my now ex-fiance. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Her dad uh, was kind of the one who started us all in on it. Uh, he had some sort of mental break after catching his wife cheating and mm-hmm. he went off and created his own weird drugs apparently which led to him going into a coma and he told us in that coma that he thought we were all detectives back in the 1950s so when he came out of it he couldn't really handle the fact that none of that was true so he just kind of kept on going playing the detective and me and my fiance or ex-fiance now uh kind of got pulled in with him and i guess you could say i got bitten by the uh detective bug because after we finished dealing with that uh everything else seemed a little too boring to stick around Hmm. the detective bug and crabs we don't talk about that. <laughs> well, it sounds like it was in your blood all along. So what do you think about your ex-potential father-in-law? You think he did it? Nah. I mean, he was a little strange, very cold, did not seem to like me very much, but he did not at all seem like the kind of guy who would go around and murder an entire hotel full of people. Okay, okay. Tell me a little bit more about that book you were talking about earlier. Oh, My Life? No, the book. Uh, The Cat in the Hat, right. Well, My Life was the diary of one of the earlier settlers of my hometown, Arkham, Massachusetts. Anne Frank. (laughs) Yes, it was Anne Frank's diary. Oh. (laughs) I'm sorry, Anne Frankenstein. Yeah, Anne Frankenstein's diary. He wrote this diary, and for whatever reason, there was some sort of weird voodoo on it where anyone who read it would start experiencing blackouts and, and personality changes. And Why would you say voodoo? Because we never figured out what caused the book to have the effect it did on people. Hmm. We didn't have time. Uh, things were kind of going a bit sideways, so we decided to just hedge our bets and drop the book down old, old well with the lit stick of dynamite. Okay, okay. Yeah, I remember that part from the plane. So what did, what did it make people do? It would make people, uh, how do I say this, fancy younger women, and I mean younger women. They would start experiencing personality changes, blackouts. More often than not, this would consist of them purchasing large quantities of ketamine hydrochloride, which they would then use to drug 
rape and then murder the young oh, women God. that they had uh, started to fancy. And everyone who, who went through this afterwards claimed that it wasn't them, especially uh, Stuart Portman's great grand nephew i believe it was said we uh we uh, roy you can ask him about this went up to uh mci cedar junction in walpole and interviewed the guy said it was the spirit of his ancestor who forced him to rape and murder a young girl well i'll tell you what that sounds a little bit more like a curse than voodoo there is a difference you know i never really bought into that whole magic bullshit but after seeing what that book did maybe i'm wrong maybe there is something else out there we literally fought an interdimensional creature put my my hand on his shoulder and go danny Mm. you are wrong turn and start eating my chili and it happens to be the best chili that you've ever had in your life (laughs) that's about as far as i got to roll for constitution (laughs) the pot roast is pretty dang good maybe a little on the dry side uh dan but still, not not too shabby. I keep it in that cake, that pie spitter. It's actually in a hot dog spitter, and it just goes <laughs> flop, flop, flop. <laughs> you guys finish up your meal quite quickly because you realize that you're probably a lot hungrier than uh, expected. The waitress comes back around. You see that her name is actually Flo, which is very strange. And she's like, well, what can, I, can I get you guys any uh, dessert? We got some key lime pie over there, and uh, I got a, a mile-high custard. Why don't you tell me about your insurance? Well, do you, do you have a motorcycle, too, as well as owning a home? I have it all. What if I want to bundle all of those individual insurance we policies together? We can bundle, together? honey. You betcha. Would you that betcha. save me money, maybe? I heard that she likes to bundle. Just between me and you, I'd say skip the dessert. It's they don't buy it. They go down to the piggly wiggly and just get some and slice it up. It ain't homemade, so that's I'd skip it. But hey, you sure you don't want some more dessert? Oh no, thank you. I can't possibly. All right, all right then. Well, here, here's your ticket. Uh, who who'll be paying? I got this, Danny. You get me next time. Okay, next time it is. Hey, Danny, just Venmo me. <laughs> well, th- I thank you, gentlemen, and uh, you guys are welcome here anytime. Uh, just uh, FYI, we are open 24-7. I will not be here 24-7, <laughs> but we are open 24-7. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? Absolutely, huh? She kind of leans in a little too close. Elbow on the counter. Where we are from out of town, we're here doing some investigation. Really? Yeah. Investigation, mm-hmm. you said. That's mm-hmm. a, that's an odd way to say something. I just figured you guys were Bible salesmen. No, not in this part of town. They don't need it. Did you, by chance... No, Kelly Landrum. Oh my, my, that poor girl. That was terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, I didn't know her personally, mm-hmm. but you know, she was a very nice girl. I, I'd seen her about. Uh, she had her problems back in the day. We we all know about that. Oh, like what? If you don't mind me asking. Well, she was into the drugs oh, and the drinking yeah. and the heavy metal music and mm-hmm. just running with the wrong crowd, you know what I'm saying? But she was trying to get her act together. Yeah, listening to Judas Priest backwards, scary. And it's the worst thing. But, you know, she she, she got in with the, the reverend over there at the evangelical church. And mm-hmm. she was trying to get right with God. And God bless her. Well, good for her. I guess she just couldn't escape her demons. You know the pastor well? I don't like his brand of churching. He seems like a nice guy. I mean, he's a little weird. He's, you know, he's brother to the chief, so mm-hmm. he kind of has, uh, you know, run of the mill. But uh, he keeps a low profile for the most part. I'm going to take my hand and put it on top of hers. Oh, say, my. if you hear anything, will you please keep an ear out and let me know? Well, I sure will, honey. Uh... I'll tell you what, here's my number. She writes it on a little piece of paper, slides it across, and she's like, you call me anytime you got some questions. Thank you so much. Or 
if you just want to talk or whatever. I appreciate your hospitality. All right, now you, you boys have a good evening, and I got to get back to my customers. Uh, I'll see you around. I leave her a 30% tip. Hot damn tamale. <laughs> she's out the door. She's catching a plane to Bermuda. <laughs> the bill is $9, so don't, don't go too crazy. So let's switch back real quick to Roy. Roy. The screed upon the wall, supposedly scrawled by Kelly Landrum, gives you the creeps. Satan has a plan for us all. That phrase bothers you most. Not because it reminds you of the contented cow murders, but because it does not resemble any of that evidence. The killer in New Hampshire left messages of just a couple words or symbols. This is practically a manifesto. And the fact that Kelly wrote it makes no sense. Of course, you're still mulling over the strange possessions surrounding my life, but that too is different. As you go to sleep at the screen door inn, your mind reels at the possibility of so many evil forces at work in this world. Roy, please describe the dream you have. Well, in the dream, when it starts, I I, I wake up in a cold sweat to see that the room is just an empty black corridor with a red light glowing in the distance, and I... I follow the, I I get out of bed and I I don't put on clothes. And I go over to the red light and see a satanic ritual going on. There's four identical looking women and upon further inspection it's Kelly all bowing around a pentagram with skulls and bones in the middle of it. And when one of them finishes lighting the last candle on the last edge of the pentagram uh they summon a demon that chases me through the warehouse that just keeps relapsing and i keep running until i end up waking up all right so as you wake up startled from this dream you realize that the demon had the face of george portman and at this point i'm going to need you to roll a d100 please (gasps) oh no mr krabs I got a five out of a hundred. All right. We'll go back to the other gentleman. You uh, depart the diner, and uh, it is now full night. Wow, it's full night. I'm a full night. I have so much time in my tummy. Where'd you get the armor from? I don't know about you, Mr. Special Agent, but I'm ready to head back to that screen door in and collapse after a meal like that. Whew, I'm sleeping well tonight. That sounds good to me, Danny. You can call me Jack, by the way. So the two of you make your way back to the screen door in. It's actually very peaceful. You hear crickets uh, chirping in the distance. Streets are lit porch lights being lit and you can see like just a few children coming in from play from the cornfields chirp and you arrive back at the screen door in the first thing you hear obviously is roy still deep in slumber snoring away and uh you retire to each of your rooms i retired i'm moving to boca raton so dan the screed upon the wall supposedly scrawled by kelly landrum gives you the creeps Satan is always with us and within us. That phrase bothers you most. Not because it's a new concept. Oh no, you've seen what war can do to men. How it can turn a country boy into a killing machine. You're well acquainted with the evil in the hearts of others. No, it bothers you because it seems to ring particularly true right now at this juncture in your relationship with Samantha. For the third time, you attempt to call but get her voicemail again. As you sleep in your uncomfortable bed at the screen door inn, you dream of forbidden books and hellfire. Please describe that dream. I'm going to snap to sitting at the desk 
in the uh, the Forbidden Books room at the Arkham Library. Bunch of tomes and everything sprawled out open in front of me. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm doing there, how I got there, or why I have all these books open, but I get the yearning sense that this is all very important and that I'm in the middle of something that I need to finish and I need to finish now. Otherwise, bad things are going to start happening, not only to me, but to people that I really care about. As I look down to try and sort out just what I'm doing here, I hear a faint whisper behind me and it almost sounds like Sam is calling my name somewhere back in the seemingly unending stacks of books in this very dimly lit underground room. Out of curiosity, I'm going to stand up and start walking down the aisle towards where I thought I heard the noise, only to realize that it's not the only noise there. I can hear almost like a static building and building the farther back I go. This noise just growing louder and louder in my ears to the point where I have to cover them and that's not helping. Uh, I drop to my knees out of just the sheer pain from this volume in my ears. I look up and I see Kelly standing there smiling with a huge cut on her neck, just blood dripping down. And standing behind her, I see Sam. And that's when I fall face first onto the ground and wake up. So as you wake up, you're staring at the blackness on the ceiling and you realize there is one additional detail from that dream that didn't immediately occur to you. But now that you have time to think about that final image, you realize there was a box cutter in Samantha's right hand covered in blood. I'm going to need you to roll a D100, please. I rolled a 71. All right. Let's move along to Jack. I'm right here. Here's Johnny. I'm, I'm Jack. Kennedy, the first lady. Back and to the left. <sighs> Too soon. Jack, the screed upon the wall, supposedly scrawled by Kelly Landrum, gives you the creeps. This is Satan's house, and it is too late to leave. That phrase bothers you most. It reminds you of a particular case in Nolan's of a young babysitter who went missing for some time after accepting a job on the outskirts of town. How they found her dead in a cemetery near an abandoned house, shot through both eyes. That house matched the address of the flyer found on a bulletin board where the girl had gone to school, but no one lived there. No owner on record. But if the devil were to ever own a house, well, that'd be the one. As you drift off, watching the shadows play on the ceiling above your bed at the screen door inn, you're thinking of that house watching you with empty eyes. Please describe your dream. It's more of a smell that hits me first. Dank. Damp. Not sure where I'm at. Not sure what I'm supposed to do. I have to save her. I have to get to her. Who, who do I have to get to? I'm in this small room. It's, it's so dark, I can't see anything. I have to save her. I feel the walls. They're wet. Smooth. Like soaked wallpaper. I find a door. It won't open. I have to save her. I bust that door down. I'm gonna save her. Everything is so dark. So wet. But it's not water. I wake up. In a sweat. And indeed, you do wake up and you notice that in your sleep, you must have thrashed around because you've knocked over the lamp on the bedside. It's on the ground, flickering. And from the bathroom, you hear drip, drip, drip. I pull out my gun. Pull out your gun and roll D100, please. 57. 
Okay. Did we all win the lottery? Those are tomorrow's numbers. Five, seven, one, five, seven. It is Saturday morning, October 21st. Why don't each of you roll D100 for me? And the lowest person gets to wake up first. Ah, dang it. And that'd be Gabe. Dang it. Roy, you're the first to wake up very early in the morning. Uh, It's right around 6.30. And you can see some sunlight creeping in through the blinds. I totally intended to do something. So I'll, I'll get out of bed. We're in a hotel, so I'll stand around that area. I'll go down for the continental breakfast thing. Well, unfortunately, there is no continental breakfast at this cheap-ass hotel. The screen door isn't uh, the most fancy thing in the world. The diner is probably the only place that you can get some meals on a regular basis, but thankfully it's open 24-7 and it's only two blocks away. But as soon as you step out of your room, Officer Martinez is already there. And he is smoking a cigarette against his car. And he notices you come out. He's like, well, good morning, Mr. Uh, FBI. That's not my name. I know, I know, I know. I was just being friendly and polite-like. How would you like it if I was just like, oh, hey, guy with cigarette? How'd you know my middle name? Uh, it's because I'm a genius, and I'm the best guy at everything, so. Okay, okay, I just want to make sure you weren't talking to nobody. He's just the best around, and, you know, nothing can ever bring him down. I do talk to people, though, like, frequently. So I, I hope you slept all right last night? Nah, it was actually awful. I had, like, some nightmare stuff going on, but it's fine. Well, nightmares, you say? Well... Yeah, I suppose uh, I've had my fair share of those after seeing what uh, happened to Kelly. Yeah, mine too had to do with that one. Yeah, well, you know, you just got to put that behind us now. That poor girl, we're going to have to bury her uh, come Monday. But uh, I guess we'll get one last look at her today before she uh, gets embalmed. I definitely feel like it would have been respectful to bury her faster, but you all are lazy, so. Well, you know, it's uh, there's been a little bit of contention. Uh, her father is not too happy with the situation, which you can't blame him for that. He does tend to get a little bit on the angry side. I'd like to meet this guy. He sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, Mitch Landrum, he's, uh, he's a piece of work, all right. Probably find him down at the local bar or passed out on his couch at home. Man after my own heart. Uh, if you say so. Dan, do you hear some uh, talking outside? In the motel get it because they only have screen doors can't help it here it's actually the whole thing there's no walls or ceiling it's just all screen doors i really hope it doesn't rain while we're down here that would be unfortunate does it rain in texas if you're afraid of rain you go on down to the storm door in oh that okay yeah next you're gonna tell me there's a sliding door in too uh no that's next town over it used to be here but then it slid (laughs) now you're reaching jack you also hear voices outside i might get up take a shower get dressed Right, you can hear uh, the other two guys are clearly getting ready. Aaron uh, is like, did you guys figure out if you needed a car or not? Yeah, we definitely, definitely could be using a car. I'm talking to Roy. It'd be weird, really weird if I was in the shower with you. No, I just updated my Facebook status. You could see him because of the screen doors. <laughs> well, that's true. I could see him in there. That's true. I told you it was bigger in Texas. Just give me a second here. I'll call my buddy. Hey, 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 Frank. Frank, yeah, can you can you guys can you get these guys uh, that that old junker you got out parked back? Yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. Sounds good. I'll uh, we'll we'll meet, we'll meet back up with you. Just uh, just keep it parked outside the screen door in. Not not storm door, screen door. Yeah, yeah, okay, thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Fr- Frank's gonna bring something over for you. I'll be here in a couple hours. No no big deal. He'll gas it up for you. Uh, he's got to change the oil yet. And, uh, I don't want him to fart in it. Yeah, well, you know, he's got the, he's got the gas. It so. runs on natural gas. <laughs> Beggars can be choosers. I didn't beg. I said sure. 
Is there a Taco Bell in this town? We might need it to keep the car going. Uh, yeah, there is Taco Bell out towards the school there. If you need, uh, it's out on the corner. But uh, honestly, I would not go there. There is actually a really good taco stand uh, to the south there. We asked about Taco Bell, not Taco Stand. It's called the Muy Bueno Taco Stand. It's just down around the corner from the police department. They've got some real good stuff. They got lingua, pork face tacos. They got chicken tacos. They got shrimp tacos. Do they have taco fish? Don't ring a bell. I don't think so. Must be a Massachusetts thing. What I do is I head on over to uh, the Taco Bell and I use the bathroom. I flash the badge. I stock up on fire sauce, and then I go to the taco stand, uh, the Muy Bueno taco stand. That's way better. All right, well, you guys, uh, you need to get some uh, grub, uh, some breakfast over the dining before we head out to the morgue, or would you rather look at this on an empty stomach? I'd say it's probably a better idea to look at a body when you don't have anything to put back. Yeah, I could eat. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make a quick pick stop. Uh... Roy, you can go grab the $68 Snickers bar out of the menu. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be your breakfast. I'll grab it out of yours so they charge you for it. Am I out of the damn shower yet? <laughs> yeah, you're, you guys are all out of the shower. You're all good to go. Uh, well, he's out of the damn shower. He's stuck in the normal shower now. All right, well, uh, you, you guys, uh, let, let's head on over to the uh, morgue, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Shotgun. You called it. I get in the front seat. You yell shotgun. Some guy walks over from next door and hands you a 12-gauge and just walks away. Here you go. Welcome to Texas. It's a Remington. Why do people keep giving us guns? I'm. I, is, is that just something that happens around here? Oh, don't worry about that. You'll get used to it after a while. Just uh, t- take him up to, uh, you know, back east and uh, sell him on the black market. Make sure to file off the serial numbers, though, first. Okay, Officer Martinez. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get going. Uh, Dr. Cronenberg is uh, waiting for us. Well, I, sa- I said Cronenberg. You guys all pile into his uh, squad car and drive south for about mm, six, seven, eight blocks and uh, pull into a, a little brick building. It looks like it's uh, probably a- an old butcher shop. This this here is the morgue? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, uh, you know, it's uh, when, when Daniel uh, came to town, uh, do- I'm sorry, Dr. Cronenberg, you know, he, he's, a, he's from Canada. He's kind of a weird guy. I guess this is the only place that uh, had the uh, space and facilities. It does have a, a massive basement for such a small place. So I think they used to store meat down there. Has he uh, He got one of those flapping heads? Flapping heads? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He does say sorry. Yes. He doesn't say, he doesn't say sorry. You know, it's, it's just sorry. I don't know what that even means. Case closed. The mortician did it. He said the door was going to be unlocked. So let, let's head on in. No, we should knock for as long as it takes. I think Roy just likes to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. I like doing everything that all of you do. Today is opposite day, so that's perfectly fine. We don't mind. Down here in Texas, we, we were an easygoing type, you know what I'm saying? All right, so you guys walk in, and there's a little bell above the door that goes ching, ching, ching. You can see that there's just like a, a, a counter that clearly used to be like a butcher shop. It has clear glass, and it's just an empty display case that probably once upon a time had, like, ribs and sausages. It still could if we play our cards right. It's really weird because it still has, like, the fake grass in there. But uh, obviously there's no uh, nothing else in there right now, so... No human livers. No human livers, no, no. Then a white-haired gentleman comes out in a lab coat. There's blood smeared on the front. He looks up and he's like, oh, oh, hi, officer. Um, Are these the folks that you were telling me about? 
Why, yes, it is. Uh, please introduce yourselves. My name is Special Agent Whiteside. Oh, nice to meet you. Dan Williams. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, Williams. Well, yes, I, I, I knew a Williams up in Saskatchewan. Uh, are, are you from Saskatchewan? We don't speak your language. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, and I'm Roy, leader of this investigation. Roy, Roy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right, so what is this all about? I didn't know your last name was leader of this investigation. I thought it was Arroyo. Dan's an idiot. Pay no attention to him. He is a shifty son of a bitch. Don't even answer his questions. Just ignore him. Are, are you all always this fractious? Uh, yeah, this is this is about normal for us. Don't worry. Oh, okay. I guess that's what they call the new normal, right? All right. Uh, well, uh, well, why don't you come on down? I understand uh, you wanted to take a closer look at the uh, Landrum body. Mm-hmm. Is Kid Canada really calling us not normal? Abby normal, actually. Not your body, guy. Hey, guy. Fuck you. No, thing. So he leads you back into the back room there, and you can see that there is a bloated corpse of a black man, completely naked. He looks like he's probably 70 years old, and he's splayed out. His um, gut has been slit from groin to sternum and you can see the entrails are just sort of spilling out and laid upon his the flap of his stomach and there's a weird sort of eggplant smell in the air look i'll have to pull her out of the drawer we've been keeping her on ice all this time um uh if you wouldn't mind uh, there's some masks over there and uh some gloves if you Thank need you. those so wow uh, what what happened to this gentleman Oh, oh, that's that's just Billy. He hanged himself in uh, his barn. Hmm. I guess he was a little distraught. There was a, a sheep he had, and evidently the sheep left the farm, and he was beside himself. I guess they had quite the thing going for many years, ever since his wife died about ten years ago. Was so, Billy from New Zealand by any chance? No, I don't. I don't believe so. No, I think he was born and bred here. You know, deep in the heart of Texas. You he know, was born and bred. I, yeah, he had some bread. Pumpernickel rye, maybe, or maybe a nice like French baguette okay guys new plan of attack we got to go question the sheep they tried to find the sheep they were hoping that it would be able to, to attend the funeral but i don't think it's going to happen i gotta put the mask on you notice that he does not bother to and he does he's not wearing gloves so he's like uh, oh here uh, kelly landrum uh, she's here in 2c and he pulls out a uh, drawer and out comes kelly landrum exactly the way that you saw her in the photographs uh, she's lying very still very pretty young lady uh, she looks like she was about 25. Uh, there's a clean cut from ear to ear along her neckline, just below her jawbone. And uh, you do see a little scab of some blood peeking between her thighs, which have, the legs have been closed. So, And she's completely nude. Uh, she does have a few tattoos, too. Uh, Roy, you notice that Officer Martinez is sort of turned away and is studiously mm. not looking at Kelly. I'm going to grab a pair of gloves and go over and get a good look at her tattoos to make sure that there's not anything there that might clue us into a little bit more about Kelly. Real men like me and Kid Canada don't need gloves. Just elbow deep. I'm, I'm going to put my gloves on and, and go examine the, the uh, pentagram on her thigh. And uh, Roy, what, uh, what are you going to be examining? Neck is the neck. I'll check that out. All right, let's begin with Dan. Uh, Dan, why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden? I needed a 58, and I rolled an 87. That is a failure. Well, the tattoos appear to be some sort of Japanese or Hindu, you're not quite sure, symbol. There is one on her ankle, her left ankle. 
and there is one on her left bicep. They say perseverance and hope, guys. <laughs> Honest, they do. Not slut and tramp. Can I take a picture? Okay, oh, yeah, you can oh. certainly take pictures of that. But other than that, they don't mean much to you. Um, you're you're just not sure what language they might even be, or if they're simply a design. So unfortunately, that's about all you can ascertain. Let's go ahead and move on to Jack. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden, sir? Hey, Danny, will you do me a favor? Will you send me over those pics of the tattoos when you have a second? Yeah, sure. Uh, I was going to quickly uh, send the snaps up to a buddy of mine up in uh, Arkham. Goes okay. by the name Slim Jimmy. He's uh, He runs his own parlor up there. I was hoping maybe he might have an idea of what the heck these things are. Oh, that'd be great. I appreciate any information you get to pass it on to me. I'd, I'd like that. Oh, yeah, I'll let you know if Slim gets back to me. Sure you do, sicko. I, this is my spot hidden. I needed a 70 and I got a 41. You bend closer to the thighs and gently pry them apart. They're a little stiff and heavy, but with a little bit of rolling of the gloves, you're able to finally see that there is a very small pentagram, probably the size of a a silver dollar pancake, on her inner thigh on the right-hand side. And uh, it is quite fresh, freshly carved into the flesh. But as you look closer, you see that It appears that this fresh wound has been carved over old scar tissue. And so you realize that she'd probably been doing this to to herself for many years. Scarring herself. Clearly uh, some sort of cutting problem. I'm going to real quick, just real quick. Call Roy over. Roy is otherwise engaged currently? He's engaged? I gotta tell his wife. I'm literally standing at the neck. So let's let's cut over to, no pun intended, to Roy. As you examine the wound on her neck, why don't you guys give me a spot hidden, please? I need a 70, I got a 51, and that's a success. So you, you look at the wound, and it is a, a relatively clean cut from the left ear to the right, and you realize that there's just no way she'd be able to survive this sort of wound. But there's a bit of ragged cuts along the jawline that indicates that she might have hesitated a little bit. Or used a bread knife. That's what you find out. Guys, I think I figured it out. Figure what out, Roy? This chick died by having her throat slit. Ah, uh, God, you are a genius. Hey, Roy, c- come here real quick. I-, I need your opinion on something. Comes there real quick. Oh, gross. Next time, just walk over to me. <laughs> Maybe rephrase better, huh? You ever seen anything like this? Now look real close. She's carved it in several times on this pentagram. This isn't a one-time thing. Yeah? Have you ever seen anything like it? Like, so my daughter Rhonda, she gets pretty edgy like that too. But it's never been this bad. Mostly she just does it to get attention, but... Your daughter cuts herself? Yeah, but I gave her the car and she hasn't done it since then. Roy, you gotta take care of your girl. Well, okay. Now make sure she's okay. Oh, do you have kids, huh? I had a kid. A kid's sister. That means nothing to me. Have 11 kids and a deadbeat wife, you'll see. You know what? Never mind. Maybe we should do this separately. But as he turns to walk away, Roy, there is something that he said that sort of sparks interest in one of your goals. One sec. (laughs) These no gloves are getting sticky. (laughs) Wow. Having a kid sister. So that's where Charles Blaine is. If this is... An old wound that she has been tracing. 
then the pentagram is probably no connection to Charles Blaine or the contented cow murders. That is, yeah, there's no connection, probably. So we should fly back to Massachusetts. And show's over. But of course you can't be 100% sure, and, but that's something you should probably report back to Assistant Director Skinner. All right, so I'll not wash my hands and I'll bring out my phone and I'll call Skin Skin. As you're dialing the phone, there's a commotion at the door behind. And suddenly, a gentleman stumbles into the morgue. And he says, Why you get away from my daughter, you bastards? And it's Mitch Landrum, drunk, three sheets to the wind. And in his hand is a baseball bat. And that's where we're going to end this episode. I know a thing about drunk dads. I am one. Wait a minute. You and I, Mitch, we're one and the same. Give me the bat. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. How are we feeling about this scenario so Good, far? Good. We're getting there. I think we're um, we're doing better at investigating. Which is Except fun. for me, who can't roll spot hidden to save my life, apparently. I'm going to double cross those two and join Mitch next episode. That's why I took pictures, so I can send them up to my friend Slim Jimmy, who runs a tattoo parlor, who is hopefully going to help me out. Is he the guy that invented Slim Jims? I meant to ask. He is. No, but it's a family name, so... All right, well, let's go ahead and launch into our recommendos for this week, and let's start off with Brian. Um, I'm recommending an old anime called Bleach. Have any of you guys ever watched it? No, but I smelled it. Oh. Mm. So you dealt it. Oh. I drink it. <laughs> it's about a teenager that can see spirits, can see ghosts, um, and he doesn't think anything of it. It's normal for him um, until he comes across a demon chasing down a ghost and doesn't know what to make of it so throughout the anime he gains powers to try to save the spirits and kill all the demons that are trying to steal those souls and eat them and devour them so real gory real fun great how about you gabe i try and make sure i find a way that i can tell you how to see it before i talk about it and most recently a show has been put up on netflix that came out i think 2015 and 16 called Galavan and it's a musical show and it's wonderful uh it's by Alan Menken and it's basically a self-aware musical comedy about the middle ages I think one great line that just tells you about how self-aware it is is in the season two opening song said you'll know hell's freezing if we get decent ratings it's got like great people it's got Vinnie Jones to me is the MVP in this because he he still plays like his uh his goonish ways but he he sings and is nicer and that's really fun to see because I love Vinnie Jones and the other like MVP of the show is Timothy O'Munson which is he's in psych he he's rocking a beard that basically makes him unrecognizable but uh, I think the best, one of the best things about the show is all the guest stars that you just get over it. Like, you got John Stamos and Weird Al, among others, that just come in. And all the music's great. The plot's hilarious. It's just really fun time. And that's Galavant on Netflix. And Matthew, how about you, buddy? Only if Brian can give me a number between 1 and 20. 1. This week, I'm going to tell you all to go out and pick up a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Basically, it is the... 
top of the battle royale genre right now. You can either play solo with another person or with a group up to four, and it's you and a hundred p- other people, or you and ninety nine other people, all get dropped onto this one map, and you have to scavenge and su- you know scavenge and hunt for supplies. And as the game goes on, the area of the map that you are allowed to occupy slowly grows smaller and smaller and smaller, constantly forcing you to move into a smaller area to to purposefully run you into other players. And it's all about, you know, having the best gear, knowing where to position yourself so that you can get the drop on other people and make it to the end before they can kill you. Huh. It is very suspenseful. Uh, it is a lot of fun, despite there not really being a whole lot there. It's just the the formula and the way they put the game together makes it super compelling to just keep going back to. Huh. Sounds like DayZ, that game type. Yeah. Jay-Z? Yeah, it sounds like Jay-Z. Beyonce? What about you, Jeremy? What's your recommendo? Well, as you might uh, have guessed, my recommendo for this week is a horror movie. What? It is. Shut your mouth. This is 1973's The Creeping Flesh. Starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, two great actors of the Hammer generation. Um, I, I'm trying to remember if this was an AIP or I don't think it was a Hammer, but it was something along those lines. Or Amicus, maybe. Amicus production. Basically, Peter Cushing plays a scientist who is attempting to uh, have a, a breakthrough about the nature of good and evil. And he discovers that evil is essentially just a virus that can be potentially cured. Um, if you inoculate uh, people's blood with uh, the evil virus, uh, you might be able to conquer it and eradicate it worldwide. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, he discovers this by harvesting cells from a pre-Ethiopian man that turns out to be a god that should have never been unearthed because it was pure evil. And all it has to do is get wet. So... Of course, if you spill a little bit of water on it or take it out in the rain, then yeah, it's uh, it uh, it's not a good thing. So uh, uh, Christopher Lee plays his half brother potentially, who also runs an insane asylum and is doing all these kind of weird experiments and has no really morals or scruples or anything like that. Basically, uh, Peter Cushing's daughter uh, is is injected with the evil virus, thinking that she'd be cured or inoculated against evil for the rest of her life and unfortunately it turns her evil so it's it's basically that whole sort of uh, back and forth mad scientist kind of thing and it's really super creepy very well shot by uh, freddie francis is the director i believe it's just a nice old school throwback it's on shutter it looks fantastic it's been restored and it's it's very silly you know the setup is basically preposterous but it's still a lot of fun and uh, Peter Cushing is just a great actor, and Christopher Lee is no slouch either. So it's great fun to see these guys interact. And so I highly recommend uh, The Creeping Flesh from 1973. Sounds vaguely reminiscent of The Tingler. All right, well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your writer podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, as well as leave us a little bit of uh, commentary and review, because we'd really like to hear from you. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our wiki. Links to our recommendos can be found on our website. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And me at Lovecraft Gabe. And you can find me at Brian Podcasts. If you really want to get a tattoo, I know this guy up in uh, Massachusetts named by Slim Jimmy. Hit me up Jeff. at that real at uh, at the real weird kid on YouTube, and I can uh, set you up with something special. Well, until next time, guys. 
Roll for sanity. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. <laughs>